It was just a sloppy, sloppy night at Camden Yards on Monday. Not just when looking at the field with the rain falling down, but also in the way the Orioles played at times, falling to the Blue Jays. I'll recap the loss, plus talk about the season ending for Felix Bautista with his injury and a look back at how great his rookie season was. That's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to recap an Orioles loss, or at least what there was before a rain delay of an Orioles loss. As they, as I record here, trailing 5-1, to one, the Blue Jays have the bases loaded in the top of the eighth inning. It's in a rain delay, and the radar looks awful with it pouring outside. I'm guessing there won't be any more baseball played tonight, which is why I'm recording now. If you listen to this on Tuesday, and they did finish up the game, and heck, the Orioles made an incredible comeback, I'm the idiot, and I'll take that. But, uh... I'm thinking they won't be finishing a game tonight. So I'll be recapping that one, getting you the five things you need to know, including a look at Dean Kramer's final start of a fantastic 2022 season. And then we'll look at Felix Bautista's season as well, because the Orioles placed him on the injured list on Monday, ending his year. And we'll look back on how great he was after finally getting to the big league. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listing platforms. Make sure to subscribe to the pod. Leave a five-star rating and a review if you can, if you listen on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And of course, we're right here on the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. Like, comment, subscribe, get in on the action. Comment your thoughts on the Orioles here in the YouTube comments as well. It really, really helps out the pod. And We've got a lot of fun content coming up here on the podcast because, you know, there's only two games remaining in the Orioles season, but we're going to, you know, check in on the Major League Baseball playoffs a little bit, but we're going to recap the seasons for basically every single player who made an impact for this Orioles team this year. Talk about what we thought of their year and what their spot with the Orioles is moving forward. Of course, we're going to look back on this year, some of our most memorable moments, and get you some off-season preview content that's all coming up here in the month of October. So make sure you subscribe here to the Locked on Orioles podcast wherever you watch or you listen. And we thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. For your first listen today, let's start with what I'm assuming at this point, again, is an Orioles loss. Let me set the scene for you. Right now it's about 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on Monday night. The Orioles game has just gone into a rain delay with the Blue Jays leading this game 5-1 to one in the top of the eighth inning. They've got the bases loaded and two outs with Yenier Cano on the mound. He has just walked a batter to load the bases. And then the umpires got together. They put the tarp on the field. It is in a rain delay. The forecast looks awful for the rest of the night. They have already obviously played a complete game. They played five plus innings. The Blue Jays are winning. I would assume that this is going to be a 5-1 final score and the Blue Jays are going to get out of here with a win. Now, again, if you're listening to this on Tuesday and it turns out they came back and played this game and, my goodness, the Orioles somehow came back and, and won this game with six outs remaining for their offense, 
I applaud the Orioles. I'll take the L on that one. But uh, as I sit here in Baltimore, it does not look good out the window. So I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from this presumed Orioles 5-1 to one loss to the Blue Jays that would send the Orioles to 82-78 and 78 on the season with just two games remaining. And the first thing you need to know is that Adley Rutschman just showed why he deservedly on Monday won the Most Valuable Oriole Award. Now, they announced the winner of Most Valuable Oriole in 2022 before Monday's game. And unsurprisingly, as we've talked about on this podcast, Adley Rutschman was your winner. Not only has he been incredible for the Orioles all season, leading the team in war and many offensive categories, but he turned the team around and just record-wise since he was called up back in mid-May. And he showed on the field what he's done to deserve that honor. At the plate, Adley Rutschman in this game up until the bottom of the eighth inning, a single and two walks in this one. He also threw out two base stealers in this game, a couple of caught stealings for Adley. And with those two walks for Rutschman, he is now up to 65 walks in 112 games in his rookie season. You ready for a pretty cool stat that I tweeted out via Locked On Orioles Twitter account on Monday night? Adley Rutschman. In his first 112 games, 65 walks. Barry Bonds, the god of all things walking and drawing base on balls, had only 64 walks during his first 112 MLB games. Pretty good company for Adley Rutschman to be in right there, but just showed how complete a player he is. Hopefully the O's can lock him up to an extension this offseason, but it is fun to watch him go out there and play baseball every day. But the second thing you need to know from this one is that otherwise the Orioles offense fairly silent in this game, at least to this point when I'm recording. One run on just three hits on the night for the Orioles. They squared up some baseballs from time to time in this game. They did have nine hard hit balls, and Jose Barrios, who's had his struggles this year, did give up some hard hit balls. But at the end of the day, the Orioles just couldn't get it going. I mean, without an extra base hit in this game, their only run driven in didn't even come with a runner in scoring position. The Orioles loaded the bases in the third inning on three walks. Then Anthony Santander hit a ball to the big wall in right field off the bat. I thought it was an easy grand slam. Instead, Teoscar Hernandez makes a nice leaping catch at the wall in right. Just turns into a sack fly that made it a 3-1 game at that time in the third inning. That's all the O's would get offensively as Santander got the RBI, and that's the only run they would drive in. Taron Vavra had a single. Of course, Rutschman had a single, and Jorge Mateo had a single. Vavra, two hard-hit balls, as well as Kyle Stowers also hit two balls hard. But the Orioles struck out five times. They did draw three walks in that inning, but... Just wasn't enough for the O's offense. Just really did nothing against the Blue Jays in this one. Third thing you need to know as we turn it over to the pitching side, Dean Kramer was all right in his final start of the season, allowing four runs, three earned on six hits over six innings. He strikes out four and walks one, allowing one home run, and he threw 82 pitches in the game with five hard-hit balls. Wasn't a great start. He gave up two in the second, one in the third, but he did settle down after that and get through six innings for the Orioles. Probably could have pitched, honestly, deeper into the game had it not been just pouring, but we'll get deeper into Kramer's start coming up a little later here on this episode. Fourth thing you need to know as we stick with the pitching, 
Two very different outings for the two Oriole relievers we saw before the rain delay on Monday night. You start with Keegan Aiken, who gave up back-to-back singles to start the seventh inning as he came out of the Oriole bullpen, and then just tightroped his way out of a jam. Adley Rutschman helps him out by throwing out Whit Merrifield, trying to steal second. Then with a runner on third and one out, a big strikeout for Aiken on a breaking ball as he got Kevin Biggio to whiff through one. And then he, with a runner on third and two outs, just made George Springer look absolutely silly. Cuts through a fastball at the knees. Springer chases a changeup that was in the other batter's box. And then again, cuts through a fastball down and away around the knees for a three-pitch strikeout for Aiken, who just blew him away to get out of the jam and put up a zero in the seventh. And Keegan Aiken, you know, after he was optioned last week after some really bad outings, I kind of closed the book on his 2022 season, but when Ramon Arias was placed on the injured list, and speaking of Ramon Arias, he actually talked to the media on Monday, said that because of his knee injury, he's out about 8 to 12 weeks, but it shouldn't affect him for spring training next year, but back to Aiken, he was allowed to come back on the roster because there was an injury, and he's just been great since then. Three scoreless innings in his last appearance, this one, you know, a scoreless inning with two Ks, works out of a jam. Probably, you would think, the end now of Aiken's 2022 season with just the two games remaining, but at least he did finish strong in his last couple of outings. But on the flip side, Yenier Cano, who was recalled to the Oriole bullpen on Monday after they placed Felix Bautista on the injured list. We'll get to that more in a bit. He came out in the eighth inning, and uh, his fortunes were much, much different. Let the first two runners on, then there was a lineout, and then a walk. And then an RBI single, and then another walk. And as we hit the rain delay, he went two-thirds of an inning, one run, two hits, a strikeout, and two walks. And again, the bases were loaded with two down uh, when the tarp came on the field. So after Cano had a really bad first big league outing with the Orioles, another rough-looking one here in his second outing. And then the fifth and final thing you need to know from this Orioles' presumed 5-1 to loss to the Toronto Blue Jays is that The rain just really played a factor in this entire game. I mean, obviously, they didn't go into a rain delay until there were two outs in the top of the eighth inning, so got most of this baseball game done, but it was raining from first pitch. The weather was bad. It was 49 degrees at first pitch, and it dropped in Baltimore. Very small crowd because of how disgusting the weather was really all day and and all weekend because of the remnants of the hurricane here in the area, and just a cold, rainy, disgusting night for baseball. Dean Kramer was continuously wiping his hands off. Guys were struggling to see the ball at the plate, it looked like. It just made for kind of a a rough game to watch, and obviously the rain in the end, as I'm assuming here as I record, finished this game a little early in the eighth inning, but the O's do drop this one 5-1 in game one of this three-game set to finish off the 2022 season against the Toronto Blue Jays. But one guy we do know did finish off his 2022 season on Monday was Dean Kramer, who made his final start for the Orioles this year on Monday night. And coming up next, we're going to talk about Dean's start, what I liked, what I didn't, but in general, what was so good about his 2022 season and where he stands with the Orioles heading into next year. But first, you know... I don't think you would have bet on the Orioles finishing with a winning record this year. I don't think you would have bet on Dean Kramer having as good of a year as he did this year after the disastrous 2021. But if you did get on maybe that Orioles win total, well, you might be a rich person here today. As you can find those win totals for all your sports 
at BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting info this season. It's not just baseball, though they've got all the odds and lines for every postseason game here this October, but it's also, of course, football season. You can find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every football game you can find from the college to the professional level. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Again, that's Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Orioles, as I record here, looks like falling to the Blue Jays 5-1 to on Monday night. Again, recording as we hit the rain delay in the top of the eighth inning. And weather not looking good enough to, I would think, as I record here, finish the rest of this game on Monday night. So it's going to go down, it looks like, as an Oriole loss. But what we do know for sure is that it goes down as Dean Kramer's final outing of the 2022 season as he got the start on Monday night goes six innings allowing four runs just three of them earned on six hits he strikes out four and walks one and did allow a home run took him just 82 pitches to get through six innings five hard hit balls against him and Kramer finishes with a 3.23 ERA in 125 and a third innings of work in the 2022 season and you know what a bounce back season it was for Dean Kramer, who had a disastrous 2021. You know, he came up at the end of 2020, made four starts, and really showed something for the Orioles. And we thought, okay, he's going to be in this rotation to start 2021 and at least a guy that you can rely on. But that was not the case. He was up and down with the big leagues in AAA, really spent most of the year in Norfolk struggling last year. And at the big league level in 2021, Kramer had a 7.55 ERA in just 53 and two-thirds innings of work. He was a disaster for the Orioles last season. And then it all flipped. You know, he makes the opening day roster, but not as a starter, as a reliever this year. And as he's warming up in the bullpen, that first series in Tampa against the Rays, he feels something in his side. He sits down, can't come to the game. Turns out it's an oblique issue that keeps him out for the first two months of the season. So Kramer didn't even pitch till June this year. But he pitched well. He had a 1-2-9 ERA in June. Now, things looked rocky in July, a 6.94 ERA in the month of July. But then Kramer finished strong with a 2-2-5 ERA in August and a 3.21 ERA in September and October to close out the season, again, with a 3-2-3 ERA on the year. And it was just a fantastic season. And you kind of saw on Monday all the stuff he'd been working on this year, you know, that four seam fastball, even though his velocity was down on Monday night, you can chalk a lot of that up to the weather. Jim Palmer talked about that being the case on Monday night's broadcast on Masson, but he was going with high fastballs, getting swings and misses. He was using his cutter a lot. Second most used pitch on Monday night. It's a pitch that's been vastly improved this season. Got a couple whiffs there. He used his sinker 14 times. His third most used pitch was the sinker. That was a pitch he didn't even have in his arsenal when he started this season. Kramer and Kyle Bradish both adding sinkers really late in the season. Kramer added the sinker in August, and it really helped his game and helped him to throw that complete game shutout that he threw against the Astros a couple weeks ago. And then he also threw 14 curveballs, a pitch that was really big for him in 2020, a pitch that evaded him completely in 2021, and then he slowly worked it back into the arsenal here in 2022 until it became a reliable weapon again. And then we saw eight change-ups, a pitch it that you know he had in his arsenal, but 
I think he was kind of scared to use for his first two big league seasons just because he didn't have any command over it. He's finally starting to command that changeup, which is really nasty when he can you know, throw it from a strike to a ball to left-handers. And he's tossing that thing in there. And again, it wasn't his best of starts. Seven whiffs on 45 swings on Monday night. The velo was down. But you saw the pieces that helped him have so much success this year. And Dean Kramer ended up having 10 straight appearances while allowing three earned runs or less to finish this season. Three earned runs or less in 10 straight appearances to end the year. That's pretty impressive from a Dean Kramer who had a 7-plus ERA in 2021. And now, you know, coming into this year, we were just happy he made the team as a reliever to start the season. Now you're going into 2023 and you're saying you could probably pencil in Dean Kramer for the Orioles opening day starting rotation next April. I mean, I don't think that's a very crazy thing to say. And obviously, if the O's add starting pitching talent, whether it be via trade or via free agency this offseason, it's going to make it harder to keep all these guys and Bradish and Kramer and Wells and Voth in the rotation. But you would think Kramer with a 3-2-3 ERA and 125 innings this year had done enough to kind of be at the top of that list of those guys. And I really do think he's going to be in the opening day rotation next year for the Orioles because he earned it this year. He's got good stuff. And he's at least giving the Orioles something back from that Manny Machado trade that looked like a complete disaster for a long time. Now just a disaster, but not a complete disaster because at least Dean Kramer is pitching well for the Orioles. And they've certainly tweaked some things, Michael Elias and his staff, and turned him into a very solid starter for the O's this year. And you know, he not just earned this spot in the rotation, these great numbers, but also earned a cool honor for him as it was announced on Monday before the game as well that Kramer will pitch in the World Baseball Classic that's coming up uh, before spring training in February of 2023. Kramer will pitch for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic. It'll be fun to watch him pitch in that always just fantastic event. Maybe my one of my top five favorite sports events out there is the World Baseball Classic. Excited to watch Kramer pitch in. And, of course, we already know Cedric Mullins will play for Team USA. I would expect guys like Anthony Santander and Rugnet Odor maybe to play for Team Venezuela. And others on the Orioles should be in the WBC. It'll be a fun event to watch and fun to watch Kramer kind of deal for Team Israel come February. But as Dean Kramer saw his season end on a positive note with a quality start on Monday night, Felix Bautista saw his season end on kind of a negative note on Monday as he was officially shut down for the year and placed on the injured list. So coming up next to finish off the pod, we'll talk about the Bautista injury that landed him on the IL, but really look back at an incredible season for the rookie, how he finally got to the bigs, defied the odds, and is now one of the best closers in all of baseball. So the Orioles will be without Felix Bautista, their big-time closer for the rest of the season. We saw him last pitch on Friday night, came into the game in the eighth inning at Yankee Stadium with the Orioles leading 2-1. to one. And as he was facing Aaron Judge, threw a 1-0 pitch and just kind of hopped off the mound awkwardly, was favoring one leg. Training staff came out. They were looking at his knee. He threw some warm-up pitches. He stayed in the game and actually got out of the eighth inning jam, keeping the Orioles in the lead. But then he came out of the game. We saw D.L. Hall come in, get the save in the ninth on Friday, 
And they said Bautista had some knee soreness and he was going to be day-to-day. Well, he wasn't available Saturday or Sunday. And the Orioles just decided it wasn't worth it trying to you know risk it and send him back out there. So the Orioles placed Felix Bautista on the injured list on Monday, which of course does end his 2022 season. Now, they recalled Yenier Cano in a corresponding move. We talked about how he struggled coming back to the O's bullpen pitching on Thursday night, but we'll get to Cano in a second. But on the Bautista side, yeah, it's a little bit of a sour taste to end his season the way it did just with the injury and not being able to pitch this last week at Camden Yards. But what a story, what a season it was for Felix Bautista. He ends up pitching 65 times out of the Orioles' bullpen. 65 appearances. This was a guy who had never pitched in a big league game before this year, and he finished the season as a closer on a winning baseball team with 65 appearances. Bautista had a 2.19 ERA in 65 and two-thirds innings of work, 12.1 strikeouts per nine, Here's the most impressive number for me. Just 3.2 walks per nine for Bautista this season. There was only one minor league season where he had a walk number lower than that. Lower than his 3.2 walks per nine. He was at about 2.7 walks per nine in what I think was his fourth year in rookie ball back in 2017. That was the only time his walk numbers were lower in his entire professional baseball career 10 years in the minor leagues before he finally got to the bigs this year because although he's striking everybody out he couldn't throw any strikes well he could throw strikes he just was either a strikeout or a walk now he's in the big leagues 15 out of 17 saves a 1.4 f war and he was fifth in innings pitched among all major league baseball rookie relievers this season He just went out there and was a workhorse out of the pen for the Orioles. And whether it was as a middle reliever early in the year or when he kind of became the O's setup man or when he took the closer rollover after the Orioles traded Jorge Lopez to the Twins at the deadline. And, you know, Bautista's stats were still good there. He got 12 saves down the stretch when he took over that role. His strikeouts were actually better, 12.9 Ks per nine. ERA was a little up at 3.22 in 22 and a third innings since the trade deadline. But... The stuff was incredible all year. Fastball up to 103 with that just fall off the table. Disgusting, disgusting splitter that Felix Bautista threw this season. And I mean, that pitch, you ask me right now, that Felix Bautista splitter, I would say is easily a top 10 pitch in Major League Baseball right now. And then he had that slider, which he could kind of go to at time to time, could, could throw it in there for a strike in any count. And it's just ridiculous stuff. And I think it's pretty easy to say that Felix Bautista, unless the O's were to sign an Edward Diaz or something like that, I think it's pretty easy to say that Bautista will be the Orioles' closer heading into 2023. I don't know who else would be taking that role from him. He is 27 years old already, but an astounding rookie with some astounding stuff. The mountain, they call him, and I can't wait to see him start pitching again next year. I mean, you look at these these stats The four-seam fastball, he threw it 61% of the time. Average 99.2 miles an hour. Topped out at 103. Opponents hit 202 against that pitch. The splitter, which he threw 26% of the time. You ready for this stat? Opponents hit 088 against the splitter this year. They had just eight hits against his splitter all season. And then the slider, which he only threw 12% of the time, but he only gave up seven hits On that pitch as well, he had six strikeouts on that pitch. It's something he's working on, but, I mean, the splitter was nasty. The fastball, the velo way up. 
It's just exciting, man. It's exciting to watch Felix Bautista pitch after all he went through in the minor leagues and to see what he's become in the majors is just awesome. And it, and it stinks that he's out for the rest of the year with the knee soreness, but get him healthy. He'll be good for spring training. And it'll be mountain time soon enough next April for the Orioles. Now, I did mention that, you know, Yenier Cano was recalled for the Orioles here. He is back with the team. Again, did struggle on Monday night. Cano, of course, came over in the Jorge Lopez trade, one of the four pitchers the O's got from the Twins in that deal. He had pitched a little bit in the big leagues with Minnesota this year, but his one other major league appearance with the O's this season was back on September 10th. That was in the 17-4 loss to the Red Sox. The O's were trying to just get him through two innings, and he couldn't do it. He allowed seven runs on six hits in an inning and two-third with three Ks and three walks. Now, he was okay with Norfolk this year, a 4-3-2 ERA in 16 and two-thirds innings, but he had been dominant since the Orioles demoted him after that bad outing September 10th against Boston. Six innings, four hits, one run, 11 Ks, and two walks in the time since that demotion before the Orioles recalled Cano on Monday he didn't pitch well Monday night. Hopefully, maybe we get to see him throw one more time and he can have a, a solid big league appearance with the O's before this season ends. But uh, we did get to see Cano because, unfortunately, Bautista, who's been so great and got some most valuable Oriole votes as the voting was uh, released on Monday. And you know he's not going to get Rookie of the Year votes, but he's been an incredible rookie. Stinks to see him on the injured list, but happy that he'll be, hopefully, I would think, I would have to think, back as the Oriole closer in 2023. But the O's presumably lost a game Monday night. Still sitting here in this rain delay in the eighth inning, down 5-1 to one to the Blue Jays. I think you can chalk that one up as a loss. But they're right back at it here on Tuesday night. O's and Blue Jays. Mike Bauman will make his final start of the season for the Orioles. And I'll be back with you tomorrow for a Wednesday episode, recapping game two between the O's and the Blue Jays, getting you the five things you need to know from that one, and then getting you ready for the final game of this magical Orioles season. Going to be a little sad recapping that final game, but get ready for it on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.